What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. Yo, what's going on, boys and girls? Welcome back. This is the show, the podcast, episode 31. And today we've got a ton to talk about. The very first feature premiere for MLB The Show 21 dropped last Thursday, March 11th. We're just a few days away from another feature premiere. Uh, The one that we got last Thursday was all about pitching and hitting. The one we're getting on uh, the upcoming Thursday, March 18th, is going to be all about fielding, which I know everyone is super excited to kind of dive into. Um, One of the things Ramon told us very early on is that there will be some changes to fielding. I think they basically revamped the entire fielding system with bridge animations and this and that and the other thing, all, you know, mumbo-jumbo that I don't understand. But I know that I enjoy it when it works. And for a lot of the time this year, it did not work. Uh, Same goes, though, for hitting and and pitching. So that's what we're going to focus on. I've got a note sheet front and back of stuff to talk about. I just rewatched the feature premiere again to make sure I didn't miss anything. So I'm pretty sure um, this has got all the new information. And boy, oh boy, it is dense. It is very dense. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go start to finish. I'm not going to jump around. I'm going to start in the order at which they appeared in the feature premiere, just to make sure I don't miss anything for my own sanity. Uh, it kind of builds, I think, in importance, so that's also good to know here. But but let's just hop right into it. I'm super excited that feature premieres are back. I'm super excited that we are now, well, it's March 15th, this drops on March 16th. Basically, hey, that's basically a month out from the, the pre-order release date, so... We're here, guys. We've made it. It's been a long, long year. It's been a game cycle that was longer than I think anybody on this earth wanted. We've had this game by the time the new one comes out for like 13 months. That's way too long. So I hope MLB The Show 21 is everything we want it to be and more. It really, really does seem like they took a lot of time to make the necessary adjustments that everyone has been clamoring and asking about. So let's see. Let's hop right into it. The very first thing, they they kind of they didn't spend a ton of time on it, but I think it's worth mentioning. the The first thing you'll see when you boot up MLB The Show 21, regardless of the console you're playing on, you're gonna have an option, a menu that lets you choose between casual, simulation, and competitive. Basically, the meaning here is casual would be I'm learning how to play this game. Simulation would be that's kind of like your standard style of play. Whereas competitive is, user input is going to matter now. This is brand new. Casual and competitive are both new options to this game. It almost always just ran on simulation. Competitive is, if you're going to play and try to get better at the game and and play online, you're going to choose competitive. At least you should. Um, It completely changes the engine on the back end of the servers in the game. It should. Hopefully this is one of the steps in the correct direction towards fixing that. So we have that, and I'm super excited about that. And and along with that, you know, that doesn't necessarily... 
qualify as a difficulty level. I guess in some respects it does, but your typical difficulty levels are beginner, veteran, all-star, Hall of Fame, legend. Well, they've added a new option. All the way in the beginning, before anything else, this is like, teach me how to play the game mode. <laughs> it's essentially what it's called. Um, but a cool thing you can also do now is you can set your difficulty dynamically. Meaning, you could be like, okay, I think I'm an all-star player. But if you turn on dynamic, the system will recognize your improvements or, you know, not improvements, and alter the difficulty accordingly. That really, I don't, that doesn't apply to online play, but it does apply to like, you know, offline modes or if you're a franchise player, things like that. Um, I think that's really cool. I don't play a lot of the offline modes, but still, they have made improvements across the board for 21. It looks like everyone who plays this game, regardless of the mode he or she plays, will see a, a gigantic difference. I think that's important. My, my favorite thing. Eh, second favorite thing. We'll get to my first favorite thing at the very end. My second favorite thing. They fix check swings. So they say. They say they fix the check swings. Um, one of their key focuses was that the animations should now match user inputs. And what that means is there were... I say some instances. I mean many instances. Many instances in MLB The Show 20 where a successful check swing would be called meaning not a swinging strike, but the animation would show the bat, the bat head, like, pointing to the pitcher, which is very clearly broken the plane and should be called a strike. So they did a... So they say... Again, this is all so they say. People who play the tech test maybe can attest to it better. I did not play the tech test. But animations should now match inputs. So at the very least, it won't be as frustrating or confusing... When a check swing is called, but the swing animation looks like he swung out of his shoes. So that's hopefully fixed. Now there will also be fewer borderline check swings, meaning they wanted to adjust it more so on the ends. So there will be... I'm trying to think of the right way to put it here. Basically, it's either there's no way it was a check swing, or it absolutely was a swing. There are going to be very few that stop on that very fine line there. And that's, again, just for the sake of sanity and clarity. Uh, they even admitted it. They said, listen, this year we were way too generous with check swings, and that as the season went on, they continued to be generous. Almost as if they said, let's not fix it. Kind of like, I don't know if neglect is necessarily the correct way to put it, but they did not feel the need to change it during the season. And that's a little frustrating, because they have the ability. Them making that comment basically means they have the ability to change it, and they chose not to. So let's hope 21 is, is much better, and, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. But if they're going to put the time in, I'd very much love to have a finished product here. But the best thing about check swings, they've removed the discipline stat from the equation. It sounds as if they removed discipline across the board, like discipline's just gone. So... There were some cards, I'm trying to think of who would have, I don't remember off the top of my head, but let's say a player had 99 discipline. That player would have more bat control, in theory, than a player with 25 discipline. But, now, discipline's gone. It is entirely on the user. This is a great way to level the playing field, a great way to make input and skill matter. Basically, it's like, 
you know, it's on you. Be careful how you smash that X button or whatever the Xbox equivalent is. I don't know what it is. A, is that the button? Um, it's entirely on you. Some people are going to become good at it. Some people are going to train themselves to be check swing bandits. Other people are just going to play the game and, you know, naturally, hopefully try to check a swing and not just do it every single pitch. But the fact that it's now on the user is just incredible. You know, in real life, are some people better at check swinging than others, better at their discipline? Of course, sure. But it, you run into the circumstance like, okay, let's say, sure, that guy with 99 discipline, he does get called for a swing when he tries to check. Or the guy with the 25 discipline, people became so good at check swinging that the discipline's thrown out the window because every single time he checks a swing, it doesn't count as a strike. You know, like, so there's... It had to be based on user input now. Just remove discipline from the equation. Don't put any questions into it. Let people know up front from the start it's entirely on them. That's the way it should be, in, in my opinion. You might disagree. I apologize if you do, but you're you're wrong. Um, it has everything to do with the user. That's Every single game should be about user. You know, the things that matter, the contact, the power, the fielding, those are easily quantifiable. You still have to put the bat on the ball. Your user input is where you put your PCI. After that, it's up to the hitter's power or contact to make a difference on the outcome. But something like check swinging, it's such a flighty, volatile thing. I'd rather have it entirely be user input and just take the hitter and his stats out of the equation. Um, so super, super happy about that. Um, and then they gave us... They gave us these stats on the types of swings and contacts, and I just want to laugh for a minute. So this is the comedy section of the of the show, the podcast. We've never had a comedy hour before, but we're going to have a comedy 60 seconds here. So, apparently, people hit 843 on perfect, perfect swings. <laughs> that means, on perfect, perfect swings, people got hits... 84.3% of the time. I'd love to meet you, if if that's your experience. Please, DM me. Comment on this, uh, on, uh, on this podcast, on this tweet. Uh, find my Facebook, my personal Facebook, and message me there. I don't even care how you find me. Uh, show me someone who hit 843 on Perfect Perfects. You know, they said the average exit VO on Perfect Perfects is 107.7. I'll buy that. I'll buy that 100%. Uh, it does seem a little high, but I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I would think I hit more like 500 or 600 on perfect, perfect swings. The amount of perfect, perfect lineouts and dumb ground balls that are hit, maybe that's just me. Maybe I am the unlucky one. Maybe I'm the reason that average is not 900. Maybe I brought it down a ton. But you're going to tell me people hit 843 on perfect, perfect swings? That's not my experience. That's that's not how I felt this game worked. Um and then they said people hit 550 on good, good. Get that out of my... And there's no way. I'm telling you there's no way. It's it just... I mean, I know they're not fudging the numbers. That would be really awful of them to do, but I don't. I just don't see how. I, I don't see how it makes any sense because that's just not the game I played for the last basically 12 months at this point. I played the game for exactly 12 months, and that's not the game I played. That's not the game I experienced. So it's just, it's crazy to me. Um, or maybe I'm just not as aware as I as I think I am. Maybe those were the numbers, but the, the instances in which my perfect perfects were outs are just more glaring in my head. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I just, I disagree with those, those numbers. 
Um, good thing they did the perfect perfect. I don't know why it was ever a question in the first place. In MLB 20, they said that perfect perfect swings, they wanted to have 98% fair. Now it's 99 plus percent fair. Why on earth would there ever be a foul ball on a perfect perfect swing? I know this is a joke that we have and a meme in the community and things we've talked about before. Why would it ever be 98? It should be 100% perfect perfect. If my swing timing is perfect and I barrel up the pitch perfectly, it's impossible for it to be foul. In theory, if you want to play this game, a perfect timing, perfect contact swing should be directly up the middle every time. In theory. I understand that's not how the game's going to work. But perfect timing should, you know, result in a ball that's just screaming up the middle. Maybe even killing the pitcher. Um, so the fact that they thought it's okay for even 2% of perfect perfect swings to be foul, r- ridiculous. I will also admit, in the game I played for the last 12 months, I didn't have a ton of perfect perfect foul balls. I did get pretty lucky. You know, I'm sure there were at least 10 to 20 which seems like a high number, but it's really not when you think about how many games someone plays over the course of 12 months. Uh, but it's something that should be 100%. It, it shouldn't even be close. So hopefully 99 plus percent means like 99.9%. Um, but of course, the first game I play, I will probably have a foul ball on a perfect swing. That's just how it works. Guys, we're going to take a quick break before we get to the second half of business here, the the juicy half is where all the really, really important, maybe even frustrating stuff's going to be. But we're going to hear from our sponsors. First up, it's our friends at Thrive Fantasy. As always, always excited to be working with Thrive Fantasy, a daily fantasy sports app based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other DFS apps because it only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. To play NBA games on Thrive Fantasy, MLB is coming soon. Guys, we're so close. Choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under, based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible, and you'll win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make some money during the rest of this NBA season, Use promo code the show with a pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today, and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of 20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Also, blog.thrivefantasy.com. You'll see my stories posted Monday through Friday on who you should play in the basketball world. Also, I'm super excited to welcome Dugout Creative into the fold. Going to give them a special shout out. They're our newest friends of the show. Do you like shirts? Do you like cool shirts? Do you like shirts that add life and personality to the game of baseball? It's a game that sometimes lacks it, let's be honest. If you do, then Dugout Creative is the place for you. At Dugout Creative, you can find super soft, super vibrant shirts, hoodies, and short sleeve hoodies, which are my favorite article of clothing, that help you show your fandom and love for the game. I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. It says cheeks across the chest. Stellar. Stellar shirt. With code KDJTV, you can get 15% off your entire order. That's right. You use code KDJTV, and you get 15% off your entire order by shopping at DugoutCreative.com. Dugout Creative. Be curious. Be adaptable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and... We're moving on here to more of the pitching-related information, uh, and uh, this bit's a doozy. A lot of people are not going to be happy 
with the information that they've given out. As always, San Diego Studio and MLB The Show, they give you options, so you don't necessarily have to use some of these new things. Some of them you will have to, so you're going to have to get used to it. The first thing that I think is relevant to everybody is called PAR. Perfect Accuracy Region. This is essentially the margin of error or like a range of possible outcomes for a single pitch. Even a perfect, or basically if it is a perfect input, it will fall within this circle or shadow that you'll see when you choose to where you're locating the pitch. When executed absolutely perfectly, it will fall within that circle. When it's not executed perfectly, you know, use your imagination. Um, one of the developers, I believe his name's Kyle, did tell Ramon in the feature premiere that a, let's say, a good release will probably come kind of close to that circle, that shadow, the par, the perfect accuracy region. I don't necessarily know what that means. I hope it means, like, real, real close, or are we going to get boned on good good uh, inputs? Really worried about that. Now, this is for meter, analog, and pinpoint. Pinpoint's the new pitching. We're going to get into that. If you play the tech test, you know what it is. So, the size of the perfect accuracy region, first of all, it changes based on pitch. Like, your fastball is a straight pitch, so it's probably not going to vary too much, whereas your curveball probably has the most variance. The size of the shadow is affected by your pitcher energy and your pitcher confidence, which now makes the confidence of each pitch even more important than in the past. And over the course of a game, it changes. One of the things the developer said was your curveball will not look the same in the first inning as it does later on, 6th, 7th, 8th, maybe even ninth if you make it that far. And it changes by pitcher as well, based just on... The pitcher's strengths, the pitcher's energy, confidence, stamina, velocity, all, all these things are going to impact it. Um, I kind of like this idea, but I also am kind of worried. So, it's, oh, I should also mention before we get into this, it's, it's impacted by difficulty level as well. So on rookie mode, or your, your lowest difficulty, it will be super, super small, and like the pitch will go where you tell it to, most likely. Again, with perfect input. Um... But this is what I'm afraid of. This is what I'm afraid of. So, this year, the big complaint, and what this was likely in response to, was that curveballs in seemingly perfect input, or darn close to perfect input, if you put it in the dirt, it would hang at his belt. And it would be an instant home run. Same thing with changeups. Those were really the two pitches that had the problem. I'm afraid that they didn't fix that problem. I'm afraid, instead, that what perfect accuracy region is is their way of explaining why pitches hung. Does that make sense? They didn't remove the hanging pitches. They just said, oh, here's why. I was hoping that, or I am hoping, because there's no confirmation yet, that this would fix hanging pitches. I don't know if it does. I think it just says, like, hey, listen, even if it's perfect, this is where it could go. And that really bothers me. Just fix the damn issue. You know, I, I didn't need a perfect accuracy region. I needed the pitch to go where I tell it to. Uh, maybe I'm just being cynical. Maybe I'm being negative. Maybe because I don't have all the information. Maybe it's also because I didn't play the tech test. And I have not experienced it myself. But I, I'm severely worried about that. Um, you know, and now what goes with the perfect accuracy region improvements to pitching, or quote-unquote improvements to pitching, is the pinpoint pitching. 
They said pinpoint pitching is now the most accurate method of pitching when performed correctly, when performed perfectly. Followed by meter and then analog. So that blew my mind. Analog pitching, I thought, was the competitive way to pitch. Apparently it's not. Um, They made no mention of pulse pitching, so that leads me to believe that pulse might even be gone. That's just speculation. 100% speculation. Um, But why would they mention all these improvements and all these things and and all these methods when they're not going to mention pulse? So pulse might be done. Um, They did also say this. Right now, the order of accuracy is pinpoint meter analog, but they're going to look at the feedback once the game comes out and they're going to look at the data, and they said they'll make necessary changes. So if more people are using analog and more people are fee- you know, speaking out about analog, maybe it'll move up the ranks. I don't know. I do think Pinpoint's going to remain the most accurate method, however. It just worries me quite a bit because it looks super fucking hard. It looks really, really hard. Uh, and I'm all about being tested. I'm all about trying. I'm all about learning new things. But boy, oh boy, does this look not fun. Um, pinpoint pitching is graded on the... I found it funny that they said GERD system, not just pronounced it GRID. But the GRD system is what I'm going to call it because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, the G sounds uh, stands for gesture, gesture, court gesture. The G stands for gesture performance, excuse me. The R stands for release timing. And the D stands for direction of release. So this is a super, super in-depth style method of pitching that is really going to test players in every facet. You better start doing calisthenics with your right thumbs. You better start working them out, stretching them, icing them, heating, padding them. Your right thumb is going to do more than ever and mean more than ever. So basically, if all three of those inputs, gesture, release, and direction, are done perfectly, your perfect pitch will have very high accuracy it will still fall within the stupid perfect accuracy region, though. So even if it's the most bestest release ever, it could still vary a little bit, which is what bothers me. Um, As I said before, it is the hardest method of pitching just because it looks like an absolute train wreck. You're basically given a pitch preview that you have to follow a path with your right analog, with your thumb, you have to execute that pitch path. Your pitch path will change per pitch. Your fastballs are your easiest. Your curveball is going to be hard. Your splitter is going to be hard. You know, the various motions are not something I can explain to you. It's something you have to see. But think of 2K pitching if you ever played 2K. I never did. I had to learn about it. But 2K pitching where you had to follow the pitch track with your analog stick, that's how it's going to start. Then there's a whole bunch of timing windows and up and down motions and release points. I'm going to try it. Probably suck at it. Move on to either meter or analog. I used I was a meter boy for a long time. Then I became an analog boy this year, and I got really comfortable and really good with analog. So we'll see. Um, if they adjust an analog to nerf it and make it shitty, then I'm not going to use it again. But I I'm not sure if pinpoint's going to be my way of pitching. I'd like to consider myself a competitive player, but but I just don't know. Um, you know there are some cool parts to this, I guess. It does give you pitch analysis now. We've had hitter analysis since, like, I don't know, June or July when they gave us all that information. I like that. I think the pitch analysis is good because if they're going to make it a, a method so in-depth, they need to be able to tell you, hey, idiot, you're doing this wrong, you're going too fast. So I appreciate that. Um, which now means also there is perfect, perfect pitching. And it's not just on pinpoint. That's the cool part. That's why I'm still thinking analog is viable because 
Perfect Perfect Pitching is available on Pinpoint, Meter, and Analog. It's obviously hardest to get Perfect Perfect input on Pinpoint, but it might be more rewarding. I, I don't even know. Like, I need to try these methods out probably in the practice mode, which is a perfect segue, because practice mode has been updated. There are new custom practice modes that basically, uh, they better allow you to make a custom practice. So this year's game, you can choose the pitcher, you can choose the hitter, you can lock the pitcher and the hitter, and you can just go to town. Now you can say, okay, I want Ken Giles to only throw me fastballs up and in. I want Ken Giles to only throw me sliders down and away. You can really cater to your weaknesses and say, I need to get better at recognizing this pitch in this spot with this timing with whatever hitter you want or all your hitters. You know, you, you don't have to lock hitters. You can use an entire lineup of people. And that's, you know, it, it sounds like such an obvious thing, but it's such a quality of life improvement. It really, truly is. And Ramon even said, he's like, listen, guys, people have complained about this for a long time. We just have never had the resources to go about fixing it. And now we did. We had the time, we had the resources, and boom, here you go, revamped custom practice mode. And I was watching, when I was watching the feature premiere back just to record this podcast, the live chat function was was replaying on the right side. I hit it after a while because it was just bothering me. But one of the comments that, people said, you know, there's a lot of negativity in there and a lot of trolls and a lot of like 11 year olds. But one person actually said something valuable. He was like, this community and this developer cares. You don't see that with 2K. You don't see that with other, you know, Madden's, FIFA's, those type of games. MLB developers change and make alterations to the game based on what people are asking for. People have been asking for custom practice to be revamped. I, as someone who uses custom practice relatively frequently to take BP and warm up for games, I was frustrated at some points that I couldn't just pick my pitch. I wasn't necessarily like, at, you know, subbing or, or subtweeting SDS or like adding them and saying, hey guys, I want this. But hey, I, I wanted it. I'm sure many other people wanted it. And now we have it. So that's just incredible. And the final thing that came during the feature premiere which, I, which is my favorite thing. This is what I was teasing uh, earlier in the podcast. Boy, did they pull a bait and switch. <laughs> there was I was sitting on the couch watching the feature premiere. My girlfriend was on the couch doing homework for uh, nursing school, and they showed the legend reveal. And it's, first of all, they start with Yankee Stadium. You see the pinstripes. I'm like, oh, shit. Who are we about to get in this game? And then those sons of bitches at SDS, they showed the number two in pinstripes at a pos- at shortstop. And I was like, oh my god, they did it. They really did it. They're giving us Derek Jeter. It doesn't make any sense that he's not the cover boy, but oh my god, they're giving us Derek Jeter. I, I like reached across the couch and like grabbed her leg and I was like, oh my god, it's happening. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Leave me alone. What's going on? So... Then, then I was like, wait a second. That's not Derek Jeter. They flipped the ball over, and then, you know, a couple seconds later, it might even be better. It's Alfonso Soriano. Guys, we got him. He's back. So they advertise Soriano as a Yankee legend, which leads me to believe we're probably going to get a 40-40 card because he did that with the Yankees. That does not mean we're not going to get Cubs cards, Nationals cards, Rangers cards. Guys, this is the best news ever. 
a 40-40 season from Alfonso Soriano, even with shit defense, I don't know, guys. That might be a weird 99 card. Probably more like a 96-97. But if they're going to give me a 40-homer, 40-steal Alfonso Soriano, where I could play him at second base, inject that into my veins immediately and give it to me day one. I cannot wait to get this Soriano. I'm wondering how they're going to roll him out. He seems like the type of guy who'd probably be an inning program reward. Um, just based off like Brian Roberts was and like Jacoby Ellsbury was. I feel like he fits in that vein. Uh, I don't see how else they'd give him to us. Maybe he's like the Yankees collection reward. But then he'd be like an 89 or a 90 rated player. I don't know. I think he's going to be an inning program guy, which also means he could be a 94 with the with the uh, option to prestige. I just, this is great. We're going to get him for ranked. We're going to get him in BR. We're going to get him everywhere. Your grandma's going to use him and play with him. It's, I, I'm so stoked. Um, outside of giving me A-Rod again, very happy that we have Soriano back. And I think I'm already happy with, with the legends in this game. Uh, it is weird that we did not get a true gameplay trailer. It is weird that we did not get more legend reveals. But we did get a lot of information dumped on us in 30 minutes. This was a big dump. Um, So guys, that's it. I think we covered a ton in this episode. I appreciate you all for being here. Next week's episode will be a recap of the next feature premiere about fielding. I believe that fantasy draft I'm doing for MLB The Show is Friday night. So I will potentially recap my, my squad, my team. Uh, I don't know if we've necessarily 100% locked down Friday night. Uh, Chris, who's listening from Batflip Gaming, my guest on the last episode, uh, will probably yell at me and say, what are you talking about? We did confirm that it's Friday, but I'm just, I I never believe anything happens until it happens. So, um, but yeah, a lot of exciting things coming. We are officially, when you're listening to this, one month away from Emily the Show 21. And I can't wait. I know you can't wait. As always, anything MLB The Show related will be on this podcast. Please subscribe to me on YouTube and Twitch, KDJTV. Names are the same on both YouTube and Twitch. Follow me on Twitter, KDJTV611. And that's it, guys. Thanks again for listening. Happy Tuesday. I will talk to you all next week.